evening, and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the podcast, Guys Guys Radio. It's the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And because when men and women can be at their best, we've got a fantastic lady who's going to be on our show today, the host of Born to Talk radio show, Marsha Witeka. And her winning formula is conversations plus connections equals community. And she's a lovely person, and I've been on her show born to talk and she's going to be with us in a few minutes and i'm really looking forward to that she's calling in from los angeles and here we are in the summer in new york city and let's talk a little bit about um about the differences between the coasts i I think of that in the summer because you know once you hit the summer where would you rather be la or new york well let's take a look at things First of all, you've got in L.A., you've got that weather all the time. It's nice. It's probably in the 60s or 70s, maybe a little bit in the 50s throughout the year. Um, If you go a little further south down to San Diego, maybe a little warmer. I usually visit my relatives, uh, my in-laws. They were out in Temecula, which is gorgeous, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's hot and sunny and beautiful. All the homes are beautiful there. And uh, they're not expensive either relative to... Well, I look at everything through the New York metro area lens where everything's ridiculously overpriced. But it's hot out there, and now it's hot in New York City. Now, where would you rather be in the summer, New York or L.A.? you got to ask yourself that sometimes, and I've been looking at that, and so has my wife, and we were talking about a move because now my in-laws are down in, around San Diego. We're thinking, well, you know, for what we do for our businesses, we can, uh, we can move and uh, it might be a good time. I've got a five-year-old, and he's going into kindergarten this year. So our kind of game plan is we're thinking about a move in it around this time next year and to the Southern California, San Diego area. But I was thinking back and forth, okay, what am I going to miss last year in New York? Maybe I should write a whole thing about the last year in New York. But, um, you know, New York's got the people. You got people from all over the world. It's like if the United States is the all-star team for the world, New York is the all-star team for the United States and also the rest of the world in terms of a city. America is a concept that keeps changing. New York City is a concept that keeps changing. So they're similar and very different in a lot of ways. You got the best pizza here in the United, in the United States, at least. I still haven't found good, real good pizza out in Southern California, though I'm sure Marsha will tell us a couple of places to visit weather. Well, you've got the gorgeous weather there all the time. We've got four seasons. Unfortunately, our winter is dreadful here and it's depressing, but our summers and our uh, springs and falls are magnificent here in the East coast. It's a lot of people here, a lot of people out there also. So we have to deal with mass transit. They have to deal with traffic. Our mass transit system here in New York, as we all know, has gotten worse. There's more and more people, and the service is worse and worse. It's turning into like third world country. It really, it's disgusting having to take the subway. Um, it's just not good. Unreliable service, little problems, uh, put it off kilter. The technology is so far behind. I mean, they're just getting like, countdown clocks they, they don't have them in every station yet but most of them finally have some type of countdown clock so you can see okay when's the next train coming you still can't understand most of the announcements you get that whole garble thing going on 
it's just uh, for disabled people and for seniors and also for parents who have toddlers and need to, uh, or infants and need to, you know, use the elevators. The elevators are, they smell, they're dirty. Most of them don't work. Or I'm going to say most, about half of them don't work. And, you know, and they're only at the express stop. So it's, it's, a, it's a real problem here in New York. But we don't have smog, though the air quality in Southern California has cleaned up considerably over the years. But we'll see with the new EPA that we have now if it's going to go back to that. Remember how it was in the 70s out there. Noise in New York City is unbearable. Probably one of the biggest uh, complaints that people have uh, to 311, it's all about noise. Because you hear jackhammers at 3 in the morning. You hear people playing the trombone on the street at three in the morning you have people hanging out on the street at three in the morning you have people playing the congas in the bus shelter at bus stops at three in the morning it's just crazy and uh, of course drunk people walking around coming out of the bars at three and four a.m here not great um you've got beautiful people out there you've got stylish people out here in new york uh la is an industry town for the most part so you've got you got to look good, and uh, you got to have all the trappings of success out there. Here in New York, it's different, a little more style because uh, people still wear suits and stuff for uh, jobs in the insurance industry or the banking industry or the legal industry. A little more cash out in L.A., of course. You know, it's interesting though because uh, most people that I know who moved out west, they don't come back. I have a good friend; he moved to. Uh, from Brooklyn to Southern California. He's in Orange County now. First, he was up in Pasadena. He's a screenwriter, a successful screenwriter, and he he's not looking back. He loves it out there. He's not from New York. He's from uh, Alabama originally, but uh, there's no way he's going back. Um, but I did have an, uh, something happen to me today that reminded me that actually there are people who move from L.A., they pick up and move from LA and they come to New York City. I was at the uh, I was at the subway station today, just passing by actually, at 116th Street and 8th Avenue, Frederick Douglass Boulevard, and I saw this woman who I knew from. Uh, she was a former, uh, not really a colleague, but we did a project together. We did a shoot for um, Macanudo Cigars out in Las Vegas and it's a very nice person. And we got to know each other and I know she wanted to move to New York. So I saw her and it was like one of those, it's happened so quickly. I didn't want to stop her because I could tell she was late, but she was, uh, her hair was tied back. She had that haggard, tired New York look and she's a very pretty, pretty lady, but she just looked like that, that I know the, the, I give up walk going into the subway where people are just, boom, 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 boom. And they're going to go down there and wait for the train and squeeze on the train and then get off. And I remember she wanted to come to New York and uh, she did. And I still kept in touch with her for a while. And uh, then I kind of lost touch and I knew she was moving up into this area that I live. And then I saw her and I was like, you're a New Yorker. You got what you wish for. Enjoy the subway. Uh, But you know what? Everybody has their own. Everybody has their own taste. So let's, uh, Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to bring our special guest on, Marsha Witeka, and we'll talk about Marsha Berger Witeka, and we'll talk about her uh, radio show or podcast and uh, and other stuff. 
You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. All right, we're we're back on Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. The whole uh, you know Guys Guys Radio, we're just at about 300 podcasts now. It all started. The source material was my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love, about two guys in advertising uh, competing for love, sex, power, and money been called a male sex in the city and of course it's a little different in sex in the city because men roll a little bit differently than women uh, when it comes to dealing with relationships and how they deal with each other but that provided source material for my blog also uh, Robert Manny M-A-N-N-I.com um, you can still get the novel on uh, Amazon and all the e-tailers and some bookstores you can get a physical copy or the Kindle version and uh, my website has all the information about all my social media, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and videos and my blog. I syndicated blog. There's over 300 posts there. So everything you want to know about Guy's Guy and what it stands for and what we stand for, uh, you can find probably most easily on my website or here on Guy's Guy's Radio. Now, my special guest today, I met her because I was uh, kind of doing a little YouTube search and I came across her. Uh, she had a TV show born to talk and uh, she was interviewing uh, Derek Rydell, who's uh, kind of a new age healer and coach, if you will. And she did a great job and he did a great job. And I contacted Derek and got him on guys, guys radio. And then I contacted Marsha and we struck up a friendship and she has now moved into the podcast field and uh, she's all set up now. So let me tell you a little bit about Marsha. She, uh, her community has been in the city of Westchester her entire life. She and her husband raised two kids who've gone on to their own successful careers. She was the much beloved membership director of the Westchester family. Why? For 10 years. And uh, her husband passed, uh, and she took a bold step and created the Born to Talk radio show blog in 2013, which became uh, in 2015, a TV talk show. Uh, and now, since its inception in 2015, Marsha has interviewed a wide variety of guests from nonprofit folks, entrepreneurs, authors, actors, musicians, people in the community, all with a story to share. She has a curiosity for storytellers, that's for sure. She believes that everyone has one to share. So what's your story? and is often how the conversation starts. Although her show may be local in roots, her guests appeal to a broad, broad spectrum of interests that can easily be appreciated beyond the Westchester, LA, Southern California area. So when we're saying Westchester, Westchester we mean that Westchester is out west in uh, the LA area. So let's bring Marsha on to Guys Guys Radio and we'll see what's shaking. Hello, Marsha, how are you? Hi, Robert, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. It's a pleasure to, to join you today. And I had the, the great honor of having you as a guest on my show as well. I want to make one slight correction so that people understand. My, my previous show before I was podcasting wasn't really a television show. I was doing um, Internet radio at the time, but it was visual as well as audio, and that was how you were able to see it on YouTube. Ah. It, was an, it was a very intimate setting, and you had mentioned 
um, living in Westchester, which is, you're right, it's on the west side, west coast, not the Westchester of New York that people are so familiar with. And the studio was in the local movie theater that I went to as a child that was renovated and became office buildings and uh, houses the Chamber of Commerce and it housed the LA Talk Live studio. So I had the the good fortune of having my guests join me face-to-face for a more, what I would call, intimate conversation where we could really look at one another. And it was also visual. And and that was what I did until um, the end of February. And beginning March 1st, I took my show to what, what you're doing now in podcasting. And it's, it's provided me an, a great opportunity to now have guests that don't live local they you don't have to come exactly. into a studio now you just need a telephone and that's opened up my world tremendously um and having people join me as my guest each week and i i really do enjoy it. it it's 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 a great life to live when you get to meet new people every week and, and it's true and everybody does have a story but one of the marvels of podcasting is that even though it's getting crowded now because all the folks on tv and all the radio people now they want a podcast too because uh, they see where things are heading because people want to listen when they want to listen and uh, 90% of the downloads that we get for guys guys radio are people listening on demand and we don't have we record the shows live uh, and sometimes even if we do pre-records we do them live but people listen when they want to listen and that's fine and what's the other good thing about it is that uh, we we have guests here on guys guys radio and you'll be experiencing the same thing from every continent, all over the world. They find a way to either patch in through Direct Connect or they call in and everything works out. And, uh, you know, every once in a while you get a flaky individual who, you know, gets the time wrong or whatever, but that, that, that happens. But the good news is it opens up. It's like inter- internet dating. You meet so many people that you would mm-hmm. never have a chance to meet uh, if you just had to walk around and do it organically. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's nice to be in a studio. It's nice to have a camera on you, but it's also nice to get guests from all over the place. It's nice to make it convenient and it's nice for everybody because they can listen. The listeners can listen when they want. So tell us a little bit about how, how the change, you know, what, what do you see as some of the other differences and how do you, how do you like doing the podcast? Well, you know, I, you really, um, um, comp- you said that really correctly. And, and I have felt that since I've made this change and because I typically do a weekly show on Mondays from 1 to 2 Pacific time on the Born to Talk radio show, I have been approached now by others, just as you have. And there was a woman that was coming in, a clairvoyant coming in from Australia to do, to do something in the Long Beach area here in Southern Cal. And her publicist got in touch with me. And I didn't really have any Mondays open, and I needed to really speak with her while she was local. So I just did a special show. The same thing, um, a very good friend of mine um, is a marathon runner. And my shows are on on Monday. That was the day of the Boston Marathon in April. And the next day, I did a special show featuring him and his wife talking about their experience from the day before. So I like the flexibility of being able to do this. And like you said, people listen when it's convenient. 
maybe they listen while there's you, – you mentioned the traffic. You know, we obviously are mm-hmm. the king of the traffic here. People can listen in their car. They can listen while they're running on the treadmill. They can listen while they walk their dog. And as long as the story is interesting and the guest um, has something to offer, whether it's inspirational or it's entertaining or it's educational, whatever that is, my my concept of my show, Born to Talk, is just sort of describes me because, you know, you get me started and it's like breathe a minute so somebody else can speak. I really love the conversation. And I I put together in my mind what does Born to Talk mean. And mm-hmm. for me, it's conversations plus connections, which is exactly what we developed through um, Derek Rydell. And community, and community, that term means a lot of different things to people. Um, I live in the community where I was born and raised. I, I've lived in my, in my home since 1973, but my wow. parents lived in Westchester, so I am a local person, and I was one of those stay-at-home moms. I was very fortunate. My husband could provide for the family, and I was that PTA, you know, Girl Scouts, Cub Scouts, you name it. I did all that volunteer mm-hmm. work until my children went off to college. And then I got a job at the YMCA, and I took that same advocacy that you do as a PTA person and brought it to the membership of the Y and became very attached to all of those members until I retired. I worked there for 10 years, and my husband was still working for Raytheon. He came from Detroit after he graduated college. I was 19 years old when I met my husband, and we got married two years later um, because I kept, you know, like, are, are we getting married or not? The, an engineer <sighs> sometimes doesn't make these decisions, but that that's for another subject. And um, we had a wonderful marriage. Our, our children were, are married and living their lives, as you said in the opening, and then Sad to say, and very unexpectedly, we're we're big sports fans. I'm a big sports fan, especially basketball and baseball. And um, we had gone to the Pac-10 tournament for basketball in 2009, um, had gone out for breakfast, um, drove over to the Staples Center, and my husband sat down and died. And it was shocking, unexpected. Uh, sure. He was... 62 he a, years old. Aneurysm, and he had an aneurysm or something? He, he died what was called sudden cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. And what the coroner said, which I thought was so interesting, is my husband was an electrical engineer. And the, the coroner described it like a dimmer switch in the brain. And it just mm-hmm. dimmed starting at the top, and it just dimmed him right out. No chest pain, no, no nothing. He just kept sleeping until he was in the permanent sleep. Uh, it was... We were together for 40 years, so you figure that's the majority of my life. And um, and then I had to decide what I was going to do. And um, I, I had a, a couple of friends that were widows, and one of the first things that this one widow friend said to me was, you know, never say no to an invitation. If somebody asks you to do something and it's not something you typically would do, say yes. And and I did. I did that for quite some time, actually. But I would just offer this out, Robert, to anyone that might be listening right now, because I think this is really important, and it's important to me. And that is, I don't think we should ever consider our spouse 
to be our everything. And you hear that sometimes, oh, he is my everything or she is my everything. And the problem with that thought process is, is if your everything dies, you have nothing because everything is gone. And you have to be able to have your own independence as well as being that Mr. or that Mrs. So I didn't have to look for Marsha. I was already there. I just became defined as a, as a widow, something I didn't expect to do at 59 years old. But I found myself in that situation. That is uh, well stated. And, uh, you know, they say everything kind of happens uh, for a reason. And people, I don't know what you're feeling about this because it's so close to it. Do you think that uh, people kind of choose when they're going to come in? And, and, and some, what they say that I've read is that people are given some exit points throughout their lives. And some people use them and some people don't unconsciously or whatever. But there's certain times in everybody's life where they may check out or not. Um, and that a lot of it is kind of predetermined, like you choose your parents, you choose when you're going to come in, what lessons you want to learn. It's kind of a metaphysical topic, but do you, did you uh, think about any of that stuff or was it just everything so close to you that you're like, nah, that's all nonsense. It's just like my husband's gone and that's it. That's a really, no one has ever asked me that question. Um, and that's fascinating the way you put that, but I absolutely do have an answer for that uh i don't know if all engineers are this way but i suspect that based on their training my husband um you know was very successful in his career and he lived by some very very simple principles the main principle he lived by and that you hear often is it is what it is i was a comma after that that said, yeah, but, and it was like, no, 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 it, and this was him, it is what it is, period, adapt, you know, you don't like it, you know, make a change, um, accept it or not accept it, but recognize that it is what it is, because that was his lifestyle, so he made his life very simple in that regard, which meant we didn't argue, and we didn't fight about anything, because you can't have an an argument one-sided where nobody's talking on it is what it is so what are you going to argue about the, the conversation is over and that's not to say there weren't times when I was irritated or something like that but ultimately those irritations disappeared they, it passed and that's what the way he would say that and so consequently my good fortune even though it was so sudden and I had you know the the understanding that he didn't suffer which was was which was really helpful and he didn't have this sudden cardiac arrest driving in the car on the freeway where, you know, we would both be killed and others, I mean, and he didn't die in my home and he didn't, you know, I didn't have to try and save him through CPR or anything like that. So the way he died was um, a benefit to all of us if, when you're going to die. But to, to live by this motto that it is what it is kind of reminds me of, I don't remember if you remember that old show called Quantum Leap. And it was yeah. Scott Bakula. Yeah. And he would jump into other people's bodies and then start living their lives. I had that same out-of-body experience. Um, he died. And it was like, well, wait, 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 no, wait, no. And, it, and it's like, no, what do you mean, wait, wait, what? Uh, it, it is what it is. 
you're, you're not going to change the situation. He really is not coming back. He is really not making your dinner tonight. And it's funny because my, my daughter said to me in one of the more humorous times, because she tried to find some humor in this really dramatic sadness was, oh, God, Mom's going to starve. Because he did all the cooking. And it's like, well, you know, you pretty much are right about that, Julie, because uh, you're right, I, I don't cook. But uh, so, that, so that, to answer your question, I know that was a long answer. Remember, I was born to talk. I think that, you know, he certainly wasn't ready to leave, but his body was. And we all adapted to that, and um, he was a he was a much beloved man, and um, and I certainly do miss him and um, what we had together in a marriage that was so long. Okay, very very good answer, very interesting. Um, what is where is Westchester in terms of uh, its uh, relationship to L.A.? Because I've never I, oh, I've, real- never I've been out there a million times, and I just never heard of Westchester. You've been there. Every single time you land at LAX, you are in Westchester. Okay. Uh, we, All right. The, the, we are, my mailing address is not Westchester. It's Los Angeles. But Westchester's community includes Los Angeles International Airport. So when you fly into L.A., you are flying into my community. I could open my windows right now, and I don't live on top of the airport, but I can go from my house to Southwest Airline and back if the traffic is cooperative, in about 20 minutes. So I'm close to LAX. Um, Maybe you've heard of Loyola Marymount University. That's also in my community. So, you know, it's it's, uh, we we like to think of it as Mayberry, Robert. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of us have lived here forever. Many people, as you mentioned, have moved here. We now have this big um, community below the bluffs of Loyola Marymount called Silicon Beach, YouTube is there. Google is there. Um, who else is there? Um, YouTube. They, they've all moved into this area. And so we are dense. We, while we don't have subways that get people around, we do have some Metrolink um, trains that can get you across the city. But um, it, it's, it's a really happening area. But Westchester as itself is just this very pleasant um, you know, you go into your local store and you know everybody. You go to, for pizza, you go for tacos, you go for margarita. You know, I don't go anywhere where I don't see people I know. Okay, that's cool. Um, since uh, Guys Guys Radio, uh, a lot of our uh, chat on here is about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And a lot of it is about trying to bridge that chasm of communication between men and women. Um, I'm sure after... 38 years of being married, you had to, you know, nurse your emotional wounds for some time. But I would assume that probably as a relatively young, attractive woman, want to get out Mm -hmm. there and, uh, you know, make more connections. So what's that been like? That's a, that's such a, an important question. And I, I don't often get the opportunity to talk about that personal side of my life. My, my close friends certainly know about this, but I would say this. Um, I was, like I said, I was 59 years old. I, I was me. I, I, had a, I had a life. I had a community. I, I do things with my friends. I travel. I've been all over the world with, with friends. I, I've been very fortunate to do that. But about five years after my husband died, I realized that while I was full of all these activities, something was truly missing that I wanted 
so badly, which was to be in a relationship. Because, frankly, you know, you don't, you can't really count those first 15, 16, 17, 18 years of your life as looking for relationships. I had a boyfriend for three years when I was through high school, and then I met my husband shortly thereafter. So, frankly, I didn't do a lot of dating. I had a boyfriend for three years, and then I met my husband. Uh, so I realized that as much as I was busy, I actually was alone in a big home with a lot of energy and wanting to have that relationship. So after five years of of being okay with being alone, I I put myself out there and and joined the masses of the online dating world. And I think someday I'll write a book about my experiences um, in that world. And I'm still in it today. You know, three years later, I am still in that search for the, let me put in quotes, Mr. Wonderful, because I'm convinced that he's out there. I just, that's that Michael Buble song. I just haven't met him yet, you know. Um, And it's not easy, I must say. So what do you think of the state of, uh, uh, you know, men and women in terms of dating and you know i guess you're dating some boomer guys and gx guys but what's your what's your sense as to what's going on with men these days because there's well, a lot of guys out so, there looking for somebody too and you know that that's evident by going to the sites i mean i certainly not the only one out there and i i took myself through sort of a uh, trial period. I, I'm a Jewish woman, um, and although my husband was Catholic, I'm not particularly I'm Jewish by culture. And so I, my first stop was J-Date, because I thought, well, I'll meet a nice Jewish boy that'll make my mother up in heaven happy, and there we'll have it, and it'll just be perfect. But, and, I, and I did meet a couple of men that way. Um, and and it, was, it was okay. Uh, I guess I have some criteria, Robert, and I'm, I'm, I would imagine that most people that put themselves on dating sites have some criteria. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm 68 years old. All right, I'll just throw that out there. Wow, you look like uh, from the pictures, you look like you're 38. Oh well, thank you. This is Photoshop the best. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but you know, I. You know, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. But so I'm interested in meeting men who, frankly, are a little bit younger than me. Um, if my husband was alive, he would be 72 years old right now. He would have just had his birthday this this past June, and so he would have been an older man. But in my mind, I would like to date somebody that's younger than me. And for quite some time I did. I did date a man that was considerably younger than me that I did not meet on a dating site, which I think ideally the best way to meet somebody is through a connection, through somebody that knows somebody. So I personally don't miss an opportunity when I'm with people that I know very well, they all know, and people that are a little bit more casual circles that say, hey, you know, my hand's up in there if you know somebody. I'm available. Um, I I don't want to date somebody that lives so far away that we can't meet for dinner. So if if you live 100 miles away or 75 miles away, particularly in Los Angeles, that's not going to work for me. I, I personally don't need to get married. 
I, I love my home. I don't really want to move out of my home. But having somebody in my life that wants to have a serious, committed, monogamous relationship, that's really what I'm looking for, somebody that shares some of the same interests that I have. And what I'm finding, and, you know, I, I, I've listened to your shows, and we've, we've talked a little bit about this, about um, the profile on online dating and, and how do you go about starting a conversation. And I took your advice, Robert, because you had said when you read some, Marcia, to women, when you read some man's profile and he says something about himself, don't just like the profile. Ask a question directly related to what he said. Tell me a little bit more about where you've led to travel or who's your favorite team or something that allows the person that you're trying to correspond with an opportunity to respond to something. And I thought that was really, really good advice. I would also add, though, that when I do write this book, um, there are an awful lot of dishonest people out there, men and women. And and that's disheartening because I'm honest. My profile is honest. My pictures are current. I I I don't misrepresent myself. And I've always been so curious why somebody would do that if the intent is to meet someday. Why would you misrepresent yourself? It's, it's a it's a it's a lie from the from the get go. That's never going to be anything that will work. So um, you know that's sort of my take on. And I think that men are that are that are younger than me, that I would like to date, that maybe is 62, 3, 4, 5, somewhere in that age, honestly, they want to date women that are obviously younger too. And, and so there you have it. And there's a lot more women than there are men out there. So when you say dishonest, because it is true, and I think it's regardless of uh, age bracket, it's just integrity mm-hmm. is in a rare commodity these, these days. But what are they, you know, I think, what I what I did, I had a couple of rules because I was a successful online dater. I had it down to a science. I met a lot of mm-hmm. really good-looking, intelligent, cool women. And uh, I found that uh, one of the things that we need to be cognizant of is uh, uh, expectation because people see some pictures online. They read about the person. Well, it's like I come from the world of advertising. So I figured whatever I read, whatever I see, I got to discount it by 15% just as a starting point. And even with their information, I assume, okay, the person's within two to three years of this age. And then then Mm -hmm. I just take that off the table because I figure everybody's doing that because they're afraid that, listen, they might look great for their age because, you know, age is in a lot of ways, just a number, uh, and you don't want to discount somebody just, I've been discounted for the age for just for the number. And uh, you, nobody that never feels good because it kind of devalues, devalues you as a person. So I would put all that stuff in kind of in a bag and say, okay, I'm going to lower my expectations here and just see what happens. And that, that really worked for me because uh, a few times I was really pleasantly surprised where the person was far exceeded my expectation and was better looking than, you know, the photo or nicer than you could take away from the uh, profile, whatever. And then people who were like grossly dishonest, obviously you just, you know, kind of delete and move away. But um, when you say dishonest, give us, give us some parameters of that because my point I guess is, and forgive me, it's a long winded point is that there's an, I have an, I had an expectation just from experience that 
I'm not, I'm going to get, this is kind of like, I'm looking at an ad right here. So I'm not going to believe mm-hmm. that, you know, it's going to grow hair or something, you know? <laughs> well, I guess, I guess my point is, was this, I, I looked at my profile. I had somebody else look at my profile to tell me, you know, to analyze it. My profile doesn't go on for paragraphs on top of paragraphs. It's pretty to the point. But I think one of the concerns that that I had, and I I still think about this, is that, um, and we'll just use can can we talk about the p- two particular sites that I'm that I'm referring to? Is it okay to refer to them by name? Yeah, sure. It's just your okay. experience. You're not treasuring okay, it. It's not so, the site's fault. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not out to advocate for either. But um, both match and and another um, site called Our Time, which is designated supposedly for people 50 and above. So you're, you're already sort of, you know, I'm not going to be matched up with 40-year-olds. I don't want to be matched up with, you know, somebody that's the age of my kid. So um, I'm on those two particular sites. And, and you identify yourself. You have the option, and you know because you've done this, who are, what are you? And, and I, I could identify myself as single, I mean, because I am. But I identified myself as a widow. And I felt like, when, when we talk about this dishonesty part, I felt like um, there were men out there that sort of seized that opportunity and thought, oh, maybe this is somebody I could take advantage of. Maybe she's got money. You know, maybe oh, she's lonely. You I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. so I, I actually asked that question to a couple of men that I dated because I have, I have had some positive experiences and um, I am open-minded. I, I am certainly um, accepting of all races, and um, and the physicality is important. I would agree. You know, I, I'm just going to be straightforward. You know, you look at these pictures. It's kind of like window shopping. Would I kiss that face? No. You know, d- does this sure. guy appeal yeah. to me? No. Part of it. So, part of it. Pardon me. That's that's part of the yeah. That's totally understandable. Well, sure. It sure is, and so because then you start looking, and then you start reading the profile, and if you're into scuba diving and riding your motorcycle up the the coast, not only am I not interested in doing that, you're not going to be interested in me because I'm not interested in doing that. So you don't have to, you know, you you golf and I don't, and you like to golf, and, and you should golf. And we don't have to have everything match perfectly, but I really like sports. If if you don't like sports, then you're probably going to say you're going to another game. I, what you know, I like photography. I like theater. I like the movies. I, there are a lot of interests that I have. I like people. I like a good conversation. I like to volunteer. There's a lot of things about me. And so I'm looking for somebody that's somewhat compatible. My husband and I were not alike in that I was the mouthpiece in the family, you can probably imagine. He was the rock. <laughs> you had a problem, you go to dad. You want somebody to hug you and tell you it's going to be okay, you come to mom. So, you know, I, I'm not looking for somebody that's going to be like my husband. I'm just looking for somebody that I have something in common with, someone that I can spend time with and someone that wants to invest their time in me. And I wish I could tell you it was easy, but Robert, it's it's not easy, 
And um, when you asked about this dishonesty thing, I, I was in touch. I was, I was like, oh, I was so flattered. This guy was much younger, and he was good looking, and and blah blah blah. Uh, and we're we're texting, and now we're talking on the phone, and he's got this British accent, and he's, I'm thinking, oh, he's kind of sexy, but oh, he's in London right now, and and this is his company, and. Blah blah blah. So I I go and I do some investigating, which which everybody would do. I go to Facebook Absolutely. and I see he mm-hmm. just he just opened his profile the week before. Then I went to where he said he worked. There was nobody. There was no business with that name. And I thought, oh God, this this is no wonder this seemed too good to be true because it was because it was it wasn't true. And um, I I ceased that conversation. And those were in the early days. I'm a little bit more cautious i'm a little bit more skeptical today but that hasn't really resulted in meeting mr wonderful yet you know i'm still out there looking yeah that's all that's all you can do and uh i would just say keep an open mind um you're doing the Mm -hmm. right thing by trusting your intuition so uh and checking up on people they have to realize that with social media nowadays everybody's getting googled and uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and everybody wants to see who you are. And it's, it, the, one of the good news, the good things and the good news is that you can't hide as much now. They see well, you did a couple of steps, obvious steps and it worked. Whereas back in the day yes. before we had access, you would could have gone down a path with somebody and had no idea about it until it was too late. So technology mm-hmm. does have advantages when it comes to dating. Um, one of the problems that I ran into, not problems, realization is that I would women that I met here in New York were more interested in, uh, it's good. Every man has to have a dream. Uh, but the women were more interested once you had achieved your dream than your journey. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, that's it, interesting. Yeah. They want you to have a dream, but they want the dream to be realized before they're going to get that interested because they don't want to deal with the struggle. They want to like reap the rewards with you and enjoy that. And, uh, you know, that's for I'm making a generalization. That's not everybody. Sure. But I will I'll also say yeah. that uh, I know my I met my wife on Match. She had a she was separated and uh, she had a three day pre trial and uh, I had seen her profile once and uh, she winked at me and then uh, I wrote to her and she wrote back and I said how about a phone call and sent her my number and she's like no let's just meet and I was like that was against my my policy was you quick back and forth and then you talk on the phone because there's an energetic exchange through the voice auditory and she said no and she said, let's just meet and I'm like you know what these are just rules I made up I'll break it I'll go <laughs> meet her and uh, we met and uh, we've been together ever since so it, it can happen and um, as long as you, if people um, have an open mind and, and they have the, the key for me was I had to make room in my heart for somebody else. And for a lot of people, I'm not saying you by any means, but a lot of people they, they, that I met, they go into the online dating thing and they don't know who they are. They don't know what they want and they haven't thought about what they have to offer. They're just kind of putting mm-hmm. their toe in the water and dabbling. And uh, basically, anytime I met a woman, except for my wife, of course, that was the exception, who had not done online dating, uh, you know, I would roll my eyes because I realized, well, I'm like the, you know, the test case. So they're not really, they don't really get it yet. So they're going to meet a whole bunch of people 
and I might as well just cross this one off the list. And invariably I did um, until uh, my wife contacted me. So That's my advice. Yeah, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. No, no, no. You. Well, you know, when you talk about criteria, um, you know, I'm, I'm older than you are, and I'm starting this at a different stage in my life. I don't, I don't know if you've been married before, but, you know, I, like I no, said, I, how much dating, I hadn't done a lot of dating. I mean, there was the boyfriend and then there was the husband, right? And um, I'll be going through these sites and, I, and I'll put on my profile the age range that I'm interested in and how far away from me do you live, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I said, oh, you know, I, I said, oh, would I kiss that face? The other thing is if, if, the, if, if you identify yourself as never been married, and you're in your mid 60s. Right, that's a red flag. I'm for women. likely not going to be um, interested. And and a couple of times when I took a chance, and we had an, an an email exchange, one of my very first questions was, "Have you ever been in a long term relationship?" Because if you're in your mid 60s and you've never been married, that to me is another flag. And you know, you're looking at flags, and and now I've become like, you know. There's a part of yourself. There's a there's a part of you that goes, God, I must be the biggest loser in the world. How how many years does a person spend on here before they just say give it up? And I must tell you, the majority of my friends have said to me, you need to get off those dating sites because, frankly, what ends up happening is there is that um, element of rejection. There is that part of it's like, God, you know, really, am I that? unappealing to anybody that's looking or, you know, you, you, you do start to question your own um, worth. And, and that is the downside of the, the, the dating side. And I must say when I, I just, I've just returned from a fabulous vacation in Alaska and I didn't have access to, to the sites while I was gone. And to be honest with you, there was a sort of a sense of relief. I, I didn't expect to hear from anybody and I just didn't really think about it. Now that I'm back, it's like, well, you know, well, maybe. And it's like, you know, you're not going to sit and meet somebody in front of the computer. Um, I can make a conversation with a total stranger anywhere. So probably the man that I'm going to meet that will be the right match for me is going to be through that experience where I'm at the gym or I'm taking my camera for a walk or I'm, you know, just out and about in the community and then suddenly you find yourself talking to, I mean, that's how I get my guests, you know, uh, people say, gosh, I don't understand how you haven't met anybody. You've been doing talk radio for over three years and you have different people every week You meet people all the time. And it's like, well, that, and I'm successful at that. I, I enjoy that. That comes very naturally to me, but the, the relationship thing, unfortunately hasn't been as easy. I must admit but you know, I uh, that's that's not to say that I don't have a really blessed life. My born to talk show has really benefited not only my guests because they get to share their experiences, but I'm enriched, I'm touched, I get to have that experience of somebody from Special Olympics or Alzheimer's or somebody that's written a book or, you know, just the, the everyday person. This this past Monday, as an example, I had three people on my show from um, uh, St. Vincent de Paul. I, I, I knew something about St. Vincent de Paul. I had, I had donated to it one time, but I didn't really know what they were about, what they stood for, how they, what their origin is. Well, I get to share stories like that every single week with people. 
Um, and, and so my life is very rich and full. I don't want to leave anybody with the impression that I'm some pitiful person out here just lonely and miserable because truly I have a very, very exciting life. Well, uh, don't worry. I don't think anybody thinks that, Marsha. So what has been some <laughs> of the highlights of your uh, what, either your podcast or the uh, Internet uh, radio show? Well, I think what's been really exciting is just that 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 adrenaline rush when you know that that you've met somebody. I, I, I you know you you're just I'm just out right. I'm I'm at a lagoon when I get when I get too cooped up in the house. That's when I grab my camera and I get out, and I live close to Marina Del Rey, so I'm by water and 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 penguin not penguins uh, pelicans and herons and things like that. So I love to go take pictures of things like that. And I was out at the lagoon, this is a couple of years now, maybe it's, maybe probably two and a half years ago, and there's this guy standing outside um, playing a stand-up bass. And he's got his long dreadlocks. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a kid. I, I mean, I didn't know exactly how old he was, but I was just like fascinated, like, who does that? So... I interrupted him. I, I walked up to him and I said, my gosh, what are you doing? And we got to talking and he was a graduate at USC and, and he was a jazz musician. And, you know, we, we start yapping away and, you know, out comes my business card and he joins me as a guest on my show. And then I have other people on my show and then I connect that person to those people. And so part of the beauty for me is precisely what I just described. I have maybe guests on my show and and that connection, like like Derek, that connection where it just spreads. It's like that Prell commercial back in the days where, and so on and so on and so on. You know, it started with the blog, and and writing and 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 sort of taking a. It's really funny. I, I looked up before we got on the air when I wrote my very first blog, and it was on November six, two thousand thirteen. And the interesting thing is the, the title of that blog was called Eyes Wide Open. And I thought to myself, how interesting, because I would still use that term to describe me today. I don't walk around with feelers. I am not a private person under any circumstances. You just have to type Marsha Witeka. And for people that don't know how to spell that, I will spell that for you. It's W-I-E-T-E. C-H-A. The burger that's in between Marsha, Burger Witeka Burger was my um, maiden name. And so on Facebook, mm-hmm. I keep my maiden name there because I'm um, that person that plans all the class reunions. And, you know, I'm, I'm connected to a lot of people through my maiden name. But I do have a website, borntotalkradioshow.com. I do have a Facebook page, Born to Talk Radio Show. I do have a Twitter page, and that is born with the number to talk radio. So I'm on Twitter. And then, as you mentioned, with through um, blog, um, blog Talk, now people can hear me on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and SoundCloud and tune in. So I'm, I'm trying to certainly, with a team that I've hired to, to get my message out, um, for people to follow along and but also to encourage the listener Perhaps somebody is listening to this show with us right now that would like to be a guest on my show. I would love to be able to to talk. I don't think of them as interviews, 
I think of them as conversations. So I would love the opportunity to meet and talk to other people, and that, I guess, is what has been my joy this whole time. I can't say this was the best show because each week it's the best show. It's just fabulous. Awesome. Well, listen, Marsha, it's a pleasure uh, getting to know you. I can call you kind of, even though we've never met in person, I can I consider you a friend and a colleague, and uh, I look forward to continuing our relationship. And I'm so happy that you came on my show, and I was so thrilled to be on your show, and I wish you all the best with it, and I'm sure we'll continue to stay in touch. So, everybody, uh, our special guest today has been Marsha Waiteka, Born to Talk Radio, and uh, catch her online also, okay? All right. Thanks, Marcia. Thank you, Robert. And listen, when you fly into LAX, remember, I can pick you up. So you let me know. Hey, and I might take you, you up on that. Oppor- <laughs> thank you for this opportunity, Robert. You got it. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'll come back and do a quick Guys, Guys, Guide. Uh, you're listening to The Guys, Guide Radio. All right, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. Uh, two things I neglected to do on the show so far is I didn't do a Guys Guy of the Week. And uh, since I've been talking about kind of L.A. and New York with Marsha and uh, beforehand, before she came on the show, I-, I would like to give a shout out and this Guys Guys of the Week, men and women, anybody who's managed to balance that moving from one coast of the country to the other coast, because it is different. Uh, you, New York, you know, it's like Keith Richards sings, only in a crowd can you be so alone. Uh, there's so many people here, but you can be lonely. L.A., you can be lonely also. Also, you can be surrounded with friends in both locations. So our guys, guys of the week are all the people who have made it work by being bicoastal. Let's continue with our guys, guys guide about a little bit of the differences between the coasts. And you know what? Our country's got so much more in between. I don't in any way mean to say that. You know, only New York and L.A. count by any, by no means, because this is such a fascinating country. And you have so many people in cities and suburbs and rural areas all over. And it's all part of the whole guys, guys, community and movement. So uh, shout out to everyone there. But when you're talking about because a lot of my uh, my living has been New York. I did live around San Diego for uh, uh, one year and I'm back in. The, I've been in the New York, New Jersey area, Philadelphia, where I went to school, undergrad at Villanova. And uh, but I've been mostly in the New York metro area, whether it's been Bergen County, Union County, the Jersey Shore, Manhattan, uh, uptown Manhattan, always on the west side, east side. I lived on the east side also. But um, there is a difference between the coasts. You know, you get here. Everybody says you can only get good bagels and good pizza and good Italian food in New York. It's true to a certain extent. But if you go to L.A., they have some good places and so many people from uh, all over the country are in L.A. as well as New York. Uh, you know, when you get to the other areas of Southern California and Northern California, it's a little different. You can get great Italian food in San Francisco. That's for sure. But I think uh, the difference here is in New York, people are uh, they're more direct. They'll tell you no right away. In L.A., and I've noticed like uh, uh, pitching my novel and pitching my screenplay and pitching my TV show. In New York, they just tell you no right away. And they'll tell you why. In L.A., everybody, they don't tell you no. They kind of keep you hanging because, I don't know, maybe they think, well, I don't want to alienate this person in case he breaks through. You know, the thing is, in the entertainment business now, everywhere, content is king. They need stories. If you look at all the shows that are out there now, there's so many things that are reboots and uh, sequels and franchises that's 
getting original content is difficult. So everybody's looking for a new story. That's the good thing. The bad thing is that people are afraid of anything that's new. They want it proven. So you just have to write the story that works for you and see what happens. Do the best job you can. But in uh, L.A., again, you're driving all the time. You're stuck in traffic. In New York, you're sitting on the subway. You're waiting for the subway. Uh, I have been a huge walker. And that's something I love about New York. You can really get to know the city by walking. Not so much in L.A. You don't see people walking around the streets of L.A. One time I went out there on vacation. I was there for two weeks. At a, I stayed at a buddy's of mine's house and uh, rented house he had in Santa Monica. This was back in the 80s. And I remember taking a bus going around. I didn't rent the car that, that time. And I took the bus. It was crazy. Nobody takes the bus out there. Well, some people do, but it's like... <laughs> I, I, I felt like I was the only one taking the bus, basically, um, that, I, that I knew kind of. Uh, so and I don't want to say the wrong thing because people do take the bus out there. But here in New York, everybody's on the bus and everybody's on the subway. And out in L.A., it's, it's not like that. So that's another difference in terms of uh, how people deal with each other. Um, as Marsha had said, you know, when uh, you're dating and stuff, and I've heard people in New York say, I will only date three subway stops. And, uh, you know, you also hear in L.A., it, it takes 20 minutes to get anywhere at a bare minimum, more like 45 minutes. So people aren't going to date out of their radius out there so much. So that's a difference, too. Here, the industries are different than L.A. L.A. is a celebrity kind of a movie, TV town. So you're going to get all the, all the flash about that. But when you iron it all out between the differences in uh, uh, weather people, attitudes, it's all America. And America is a concept. And I guess LA is a concept to a certain extent, but New York certainly is a concept. So it all works out. So what I would suggest is let's not judge. Let's love each other. Let's have some fun. So that's our show. We'll be back in a couple of days with another podcast of Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, saying thanks for listening. And remember, like I always like to say, Guys Guys, finish first.